0: Hey devs, you're tuning into the debug log number 77. So it has arguably or not so arguably been a very long time since we've actually released a new episode, so I'm going to go ahead and start by addressing that. So really apologize, the whole group, uh, for our delay in getting some of these episodes out. But anyway, we've got a really, really good one uh, for you today. It's another interview of a fellow co-host, your very own, yours truly, Ryan E. Kill... Isn't it? Is it E Kilgore? I don't know. But anyway, Ryan Kilgore, engineer here, a co-host here, uh, who's got his own story to tell about how he has gone through, I guess, the motions of becoming a triple A game developer so we go into all that and his approach to you know charting out his career as a game developer and specifically his approach to targeting triple a game studios. so anyway i will not keep this going very much longer i hope you guys thoroughly enjoy it i'm sure you will uh so without further ado this is the debug log episode 77 Okay, I guess I'll record a local one too. Yeah, just yeah, for giggles, that. yeah, just in case.
1: All right, I'm gonna start it now. Are we gonna do any synchronization with this, or is it just start recording? Uh, sure. Let's do
0: one, two, three, or three, two, one. All right, three, two, one. Yes. I didn't tell you. You what didn't to see do. what to do. <laughs> I just laughed. Yeah. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> destiny. Yeah, clap Destiny. Clap <laughs> Destiny. What? You can you can tell we're out of practice. Yeah, oh, just gosh. a bit. That's yeah. terrible. it it's like riding a bike, so they say. And so they say. Yeah. <laughs> it's too funny. Alright. Listening to the debug log, a podcast about game development. My name is Obino Opara, and that's just about it. It's just me and a special interviewee again today. Uh, it's been, I feel like it's been forever since we've graced you guys with our lovely voices. I know Eduardo and and, uh, Andrew have been really hard on these design patterns episodes but anyway we've got another interview episode for you and this one's going to be another really really good one uh topic is about triple a game development from start to finish or at least that's what i'm calling it for now uh but anyway let me without further ado let me introduce our very very special guest the one and only ryan the, what was it? The beautiful, the magnificent, the yeah. genius Ryan Kilgore. Yeah.
1: Oh, there were some other expletives that followed that. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, yes, there were, but those uh, are not safe for the podcast. That's no, 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 no.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll try to keep it PG-13, I
0: think. PG-13. Maybe, so. Cool. Well, welcome to the I, show, Ryan. Glad to have you.
1: Thank right. you, and I, I share your sentiment that it. it's been far too long with uh, moving and job stuff. I think we've both been like pretty busy recently, so it's nice to be able to sit down and do this again.
0: Actually, you know, you should do cuz I don't think we've we've given you the opportunity to actually talk about your move. Uh, you want right, to just start yeah. off with like what happened in the last 2 months, I guess, for you? Yeah, so I guess a, a little bit of catch up for me, um, you know, <laughs> bunch of life changes actually
1: recently um so i as a lot of listeners He's know now how, trans i'm sorry
0: I'm just kidding no i'm just saying you are now transgender
1: yeah no I'm just uh, no that has not happened so but uh <laughs> um that that's a bigger life change than i would ever expect but you know so but anyway, yeah. So like I, you know, as you know, I was like uh, at Sprockets with uh, Obina, and you know, i had been working there for about the past two years, and uh, just kind of missed home. Like we we're all from Atlanta, you know, re- originally. So uh, a lot of I've lived here over thirty years, and so a lot of friends and family stuff going on, and um, you know, I you know, really wanted to get back to that. And uh, to be honest, like you know, stuff at Sprockets was is good. It's a great company to be at, but I was you know just getting a little burnout. So um, I am actually back in Georgia working at um. Damn, we gotta come up with another code name. I guess what do we call it? Widgets? He really like, did. Or, <laughs> yeah,
0: he
1: <laughs> said I widgets.
0: So <laughs> widgets is a good one. Yeah. So sprockets and
1: widgets, and I am now uh, back in Atlanta working at Widgets. Um, I'll have to see if they care cool. if I say it or not. But you know, I've, I've been there for uh, since May first, and. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's doing a little some some stuff outside of game development. Maybe we'll get into that. I don't know. So we, but, yeah, yeah. Um, well,
0: I we'll definitely yeah. get into all of this, all of this good juice about what your life entails yeah. and how boring it can be. But anyway, <laughs> just so anyway, uh, as we do with all our interviews, uh, we definitely like to start off and get some background about where you've been as an engineer, where you've been as I guess a person even, and you know what inspired you to get into game development. So let's do that. Let's jump into you know the why the what the wins the hows of ryan kilgore and how you gotten started into game development
1: wow so yeah as you guys love to make fun of this goes back a ways um so this goes back to, you know, if anyone can imagine this before, um, computers had hard drives. Imagine, if you will, loading your operating system from a floppy disk. Um, that, that was where, you know, I really first sort of fell in love with computers. So, you know, game development wasn't really in my head yet. But, you know, Dad just happened to bring home this machine one day. And it's like, oh, look, you know, you can kind of type on it. Shit appears on the screen. And, you know, these, cr- you know, crappy little games. So it's like, oh, depth charge. Watch the, like, ASCII submarine go across the screen and you can hit a button, or sorry, I guess Battleship, and then, you know, hit a button and try to, like, sink the ASCII submarines below it. Um, but, you know, it intrigued me. It was like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. I can type and stuff shows up on the screen, you know, and start learning how to load the games up and all that. So, you know, it it all really started with you just, you know, dad bringing, you know, a machine home and sort of getting me interested in the technology. You know, cut forward to, you know, let's let's upgrade the technology a few years and go to, like, 4666, Um, so, you know, now we're, you know, actually got hard drives and things of that nature, math coprocessors, oh my god, Um, but, (laughs) but
0: yeah, I'm telling you, you know, this, this you're really blowing my mind right now, I, I heard 4666, and I was like, what the heck is that, (laughs) yeah, 46 chip, yeah, you,
1: nobody's had to deal with that in a while, but, um, no, and like, oh, like, let me know if this intro goes too long. We may have to make this a two parter just to get through this, as ancient as this seems. That's true, but um, you know, anyway, what what really hit me there is, you know, now I'm starting to get into like, you know, some some more evolved games. I mean, you know, I, you know, Apple Two Es and things of that nature. I definitely grew up on those, and like, an Oregon Trail. Um, so you know, that really sort of fed the fire. But you know, I guess just to you know, cut to what really you know set me off was, um, you know, had this forty six. 4666 at the home is like a gateway or something computer if i don't even think they exist anymore but um anyway i can you assure
0: know. you they do not <laughs> i can assure <laughs>
1: you there's a reason they're gone um but yeah like you know so sort of playing a lot of games on there having to write boot discs to actually get enough memory on the machine to like load in dark forces or something but what really started me off was uh you know went to like a babbage's at the time and um it like found a copy of the doom shareware And brought that home and loaded it up, and it blew my mind. I mean, like, and I think that was kind of the case back then for everyone is, you know you loaded this game up, and it was just so far beyond anything else out there that, um, you know, it was just amazing. And so I played this shareware inside and out and up and down just every day almost, and that's when I really started to think, like, you know, this is what I want to do. I knew this machine was cool, and it could do some really cool stuff, but the minute, like, I started playing um, Doom and saw that you could do that, that pretty much it was just like, all i right, right, I've, I've got to figure out how to do this, this thing, so... You know, from then on out, it was like, all right, you know, I'm kind of like reading up on some basic programming, you know, trying to figure some of this out, writing crappy little, you know, basic applications to, you know, whatever, command line, calculate tax, you know, it's your first program, it's nothing special, it's the most basic thing in the world, and, um, you know, it's, it just kind of, you know, starts you on your way, so... You know, I, I, that that's I, you know, I guess to start things off, that's what really kind of motivated me to try to figure out how to do more stuff. So Gotcha. So yeah. interesting.
0: So when you uh, you said like so it was basically that that seeing like the possibilities of technology that really sold you and I guess I guess technology specifically and what Doom did, that really sparked your interest in games. It wasn't like your dad saying, hey, you should get into games, or hey, you should do technology. It was really just seeing what was possible on the machine.
1: Yeah, like and, you know, so, you know, my dad, he uh he, he's a scientist. He uh, actually worked as a microbiologist for many years, so, you know, he, he also kind of had an eye toward technology. You know, he was always, like, kind of looking to bring that stuff in, but, you know, yeah, so, he, you know, he was never, like, pushing me, like, you need to do this, son, this is, should be your course, but... You know, he brought this stuff into the house, you know, like the like the computer and it, you know, kind of inspired me. And seeing Doom really was like, you know, hey, yeah, the computer's cool, the technology's cool, but now that you show me you can make this cool video game where I can like explode imps with a shotgun and it's like the most interesting thing I've ever seen. Like, yeah, I wanna figure out how to do that and um You know, and that also kind of relates to, you know, I don't ever remember asking for Ataris or Nintendos, Mm -hmm. but they showed up in the house and those, you know, definitely fed the fire too. It's like, oh, Super Mario Brothers and, you know, Zelda. It's like, oh my God, you can, like, hours of my days, of my youth were, you know, just sucked away by these things and, you know, so it it only made sense for me to figure out how they worked and to try to, like, get into that, so.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. So, Actually, another interesting part of kind of why I like your story, and I feel like it's completely different uh, to everyone else. In as far as the co-hosts go, like as far as Zach, Andrew, or Eduardo, or myself, mm-hmm. your story actually is like focused. It, it was like really focused on game development from the very onset. It seems like pretty much all of us, all the other one, other co-hosts, didn't really target game development until later in their, I guess, career. I guess uh, mm-hmm. for game development, so. Actually, I asked I asked Zach the same question, and my question is, do you remember, like, your first idea of what game development was and how that compared to the reality of what game development is as you grew as a game developer? Oh, wow, that's a good question,
1: because, you know, I guess as far as game development, my head like, for so long, it was just sort of the technical ability, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I need, you know, as an engineer, I felt like I just needed the tool belt first, you know? It's like, how am I ever going to get to, like, you know, developing a house or a neighborhood until I know how to nail two boards together type of thing? So, you know, from, like, middle to high school to college, you know, that that was my main focus was just, I guess, you know, building the toolkit. So, um, you know, actually... You know the first time I started analyzing it as game development um man that's a, that's a really good question. I think, I think the first game, maybe the way to look at it is the first game I actually remember making on my own was uh, on a TI-85 calculator. I wrote Blackjack, and that was actually thinking about, that's when I started more, instead of thinking about all the bits and pieces, like, okay, you know, I knew how to code basic, but now it was like, okay, here's the interface I have to deal with, and here's like the mechanics of the game, and here's, you know, maybe what's interesting on the machine, and, um, you know, that's when you, you st- I started to realize, it's like, oh, Outside of these, you know, technical bits and, you know, sort of the, the foundation and infrastructure, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it. You know, there, you know, there, there's, you know, there's also the artistic part of it, the thematic part of it, the design part of it, you know, the mechanics, you know, it's just, it's, you, you start to really appreciate it for even so much more than the sort of like that. Well, at least what sparked me in that first sort of like technical wow factor. It's like, oh, right. you know, these things are a form of art unto themselves and, you know, yeah you know i i don't i don't remember an exact moment for that or i don't remember if I can think of an exact game but you know i you know i think you know definitely there's like from the technological aspect let's look at it this way there' was, like so like, Doom and Quake were definitely technically some of the best stuff i played, but I think maybe Half-Life was when I was like, oh, shit, these things can tell stories and be, like, much more than just, like, a series of blowing shit up, you know? there's right. It can actually be a narrative to things, and, you know, there was stuff like that before and maybe some of the Monkey Islands and things like that, but, you know, like I said, I was a little more tech-focused, but, um... Gotcha.
0: That, yeah. That's actually a really cool, uh I guess, perspective that you have, because uh, you, you mentioned, like, First, it started off as, you know, this idea or seeing the possibilities of technology and, and also in games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was where you started, like, focusing on, you know, let's see how I can, you know, get there. I guess, build, give me the tool. Let me try to find the, the tool set. And then you said you uh, did that TI-85, uh, you know, game, and you started realizing that there's a lot that goes into games,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which actually brought a question into my head is like you know usually when people are encountered by game development or games they're usually very 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 intimidated by creating a game and it seemed like you almost had not the opposite but you you had a a different perspective on how to approach games it was like um you know give me the tool set and you just i guess you came to realize how difficult or how i guess vast the game development could be so i was i'm curious like did that phase you at all when you understand like when you found out you know i do have to deal with interfaces i do have to maybe deal with story or themes um outside of just the the nuts and bolts of programming did that intimidate you at all as to you know stir you away or i mean obviously it does because we know how the story ends i guess but <laughs> yeah remember i mean back it, then it, yeah i'm tr- I'm trying to remember in my head like i think you know it, de- it
1: definitely can be an overwhelming thing because you know, you you move from say like your coursework, which just focuses on one aspect or another, and you know, like actually taking this holistically. I mean, I, I I guess like thinking about actually writing an engine for the first time, which you know I've never really written a full game engine or anything like that. But you just see how that core part of the software is such a huge, daunting system because you're talking about you know in modern games like networking, physics, rendering, you know, UI, like all, you know databases all this stuff and you're just like how the hell can you like who writes all this like how can you do this with like a team of like 20 people or something like that and right. you know and especially if, if you're looking at it from an indie perspective and you're like shit there's two of us you know it's like right. look at super meat boy or something like that it's like man like those guys are so brave it's like you know fuck you know it's two people you know getting all that shit done um but you know for me yeah it it was definitely daunting to think like oh my god how much of this should i learn or should i need to learn to get a game made you know and um that was there was definitely a point where i was just like consuming like okay well i'll go do animation well i'll go do rendering well i'll go do networking you know and trying to at least know a little bit of everything to kind of you know figure that out um but you know yeah i mean (laughs) but then you kind of settle into the fact that you know you start figuring out well you don't have to do like every little piece of minutia, or that type of, you know, all of it, you can maybe sort of settle in and focus on some certain things and, you know, kind of taking a step back and just saying, okay, you know, I'm going to focus on this one bit of the game and just get that working. And then like say, okay, great. Now that's working. Maybe I'll spread over here and do this. And, um, I remember like messing around with some windows phone stuff at one point. Yeah, I know what a stupid platform <laughs> a to pick, stu- but it was easy. God. So, yeah, <laughs> obviously went nowhere, but, um, you know but that's kind of how I approached it is like that was my first sort of really bigger solo project making like a space Invaders type of game on this mobile game on this mobile device and you know it would get overwhelming sometimes thinking about oh I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I was going to do this and I'm like wait, wait wait step back and let's just say, okay, let me look at this one feature for today, and then we can go back and revise stuff later if need be. But um, so yeah, I I don't know if that answers your question, but that's I definitely had a series of thoughts throughout my career of like, oh my god, I don't know enough stuff. Maybe right. you know, it's cool. it's definitely daunting.
0: Yeah, so I mean, you answered my question, and actually, the next question I was going to ask, which was uh well, to some degree, but which was like, you know, since you from the beginning you had this kind of firm handle on the path you were gonna take as a game developer. You, like you know you wanted to be a game developer. I was curious, like did you map it out? Like did you know you wanted to work for a triple A game studio or did you just know you wanted to be in games? Did you not care? Did you want to do indie products? Like did you like did you map that that path out? Like here's what I want to do, this is what I want to do next, this is what I want to learn next, and you know, so on and so forth. I would say yes
1: up uh, yes I did like sort of map it out in my head up to a point. So like when we were talking about earlier, um, you know, sort of my independent interest with just using the computer, you know, say when I was younger, you know, and then that sparking my interest. So then in high school, I was like, okay, I need to sign up for programming classes. You know, I was like, other friends like, oh, keyboarding? I'm like, no, 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 not keyboarding. I'm going to go to figure out how to
0: write <laughs> <Not> programs. <parentheses. laughs> yeah, like, I, you know,
1: I'll pick up the typing along the way, I hope. And thankfully right. I did. But, you know, it's like, oh, no, I'm going to. I'm gonna do that. I need that tool in my belt. I need to figure out the programming bit. Okay, now I need to go to a good school. You know, um, so even middle school, I think, even before high school, I was thinking I was like, oh, well, like living in Georgia, what's the best school I can go to there? And I was like, oh, Georgia Tech. Okay, well, I'm gonna to strive to try to get into that school you know because they've got a good you know just engineering curriculum i don't even know how like where their computer science uh program was when i was in middle school but um anyway that was the next target it's like okay i I did this in high school now i need to go to this school for you know optimally i need to go to georgia tech and thankfully they took me even though i think i was at the bottom end of their spectrum <laughs> based on my scores and things like that i'm like how the hell did i get in here But, thankfully, I got out of there, and um, that's actually where it started to take more of a turn to, like, you know, I I sort of had a mapping in my head of, like, okay, got into this good school, got out with a computer science degree, and then I was like, right, well, you know, shouldn't I, you know, shouldn't the next step be AAA, yay, because I've got some graphic specialization, some network specialization, but that was right at the dot-com bust, Um, Mm. so, you know, Granted, you—I don't know how—I don't remember how much that affected the game industry, but it was certainly, you know, the technology industry and software was not hiring nearly as much as they were, and you know, yeah, I was running into that classic thing of like, oh, I'm going to apply to all these AAA studios because, you know, again at that at, at that time, like there weren't a lot of things like Unity or like very easy. like indie tools to develop with. If you wanted to develop, you're licensing an engine from like id or epic for a million dollars a pop. So it was very hard to do in, or, you know, I should, well, it was definitely harder to do indie stuff back then. And so, for me, it was going to AAA, and they just were like, hey, you've got no experience. Why should we hire you? We only hire people with experience. I'm like, then how the hell did all you guys get in the door? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like, not all these places could have been grassroots built up, and, like, all of a sudden, now you're multimillionaires. I mean, that's impressive as shit if it was. But, you know, it's like, no, you've got to be actually, you know, hiring people from the outside. So, that's where it became a little more nebulous for me. It's like, well, I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what the next step is because, you know, I kind of followed the plan in my head and you know hit a roadblock and what it actually ended up being my next step was i well besides like taking temp jobs and milling around for a while it was like all right well i'm gonna go back to school over at art institute and like try a game design degree or what ended up being trying a visual and game programming degree and seeing if i could get you know, into the industry that way. Maybe a little more experience or focusing on games more could get me over that you don't have experience hump. And um, it's sort of, it worked, but not the way I thought it would because we, um, I actually, you know, got in there, started doing well, got an internship and actually started working for a company here in Georgia doing virtual worlds through that internship. So I never graduated from the program. I dropped out in debt, <laughs> but yeah. it did, it actually... That avenue did solve the problem of well, I got a foot in the door and got some experience. And then that led to subsequent jobs at uh, bigger companies and then ending ending up at like a AAA company later. So um, it was definitely not the path I thought thought I was going to take, you know, but in the end, it kind of, I got there, so, right. but I mean, it was shaky for a while, because at one point, I was actually looking at the military, I was like, oh, this software thing was nice, but maybe, you know, maybe the army needs somebody for computers, I don't know, There's just, there doesn't seem to be a lot of jobs right now,
0: so... That's really interesting. It's crazy like uh, how, I don't think it's crazy actually, it's kind of common, but how how much we plan for our, I guess, careers in our life and how that yeah. just falls apart sometimes. Uh, yeah. And it's interesting, you know, even though you like, you, you kind of, you were focused on games, so you knew you wanted to do that and you, you know, you built up essentially your quote unquote resume, which actually we'll talk about in a second, uh, to be a game developer. Uh, whereas some people who, you know, haven't built up their res- or resume or, resume got gotten enough experience in the I guess game development realm would find it even harder to get into games. So anyway, I was wondering, well that's a two part question actually. And I think you I kinda know. answered it, but I'll just I'll ask it anyway. But just yeah, like go for it, man. That that old that age old adage of, you know, how difficult it is being a game developer, getting into the game industry. Do you think that is uh Uh, uh, i guess a remnant of those days when it was very difficult uh you know when you know unreal and uh, unity was not free and you didn't have you know all these you know swift and all these mobile apps or mobile platforms and frameworks to build games uh as an indie is you think that's because that that adage of you know it being difficult is a remnant of that era or is it still something that people face today
1: um, I, I definitely, th- I, you know, and it, maybe everybody thinks this the older they get, but it was definitely harder when I was younger, you know, <laughs> you know, Four it, years it was my
0: age. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly, you know, and it's because, I mean, I understand I'm, it's not easy, you know, no career path you choose that you're targeting is going to be easy. You got to try to do things. But, um, I, you know, I, I will say that, you know, there are many more avenues now than there used to be because you you know, you know again, like all those you mentioned, you know, were non-existent when I was in like you know college and right. you know, things like that. So you know, the, the, the opportunities you you actually had at that point, which I had forgotten about this earlier, but were more of in the modding community. So actually, saying like getting some notoriety. <laughs> And, like, using somebody else's platform, again, like the Epics, the Dooms, the Quakes, um, you know, just whatever game's hot at the time. And trying to use their tools to make some sort of modification or slight twist on gameplay or level design or maybe making some models for the game. You know, just really being tenacious with their tools and trying to do it. Um, So, I, I definitely think people have more opportunities or avenues nowadays. Now, it's still a difficult path to tread because, you know, game development is not easy, I feel, no matter what era you're doing it in. You know, you've got more tools and platforms now that kind of help you over some of those really rudimentary you know, like technological and boilerplate and, you know, organizational humps, you know, but in the end it's like, you still got to have the knowledge of like, say, you know, you, you, you know, you've been in, we've done interviews together, you know, it's sprockets. It's like, you still got to have this fundamental knowledge if you're an engineer for say, for instance, of how, um, You know, how do do certain gameplay elements work? You know, what is, you know, computer science wise, you know, what data structures are, what algorithms are, you know, you know, that stuff is a consistent like, you know, that sort of knowledge base is consistent, like the tools evolve over time, but you still need to have that sort of core gameplay knowledge and acquiring that can still be difficult. You know, you trying Mm -hmm. to seek out those opportunities and plan that out in the right way. You know, it's not always easy, but, um, you know, hopefully, you know, stuff like the debug log and, you know, Oh, actually that's another great example just to sort of to- toot our own horns for a second. You know, now podcasts are more proliferating, um, prol- ah, they're more common now. <laughs> and so there's, com- there's Yeah. And well, it's just like, you know, just media in general, like the, the amount of right. knowledge you can share is just, it's so much easier to share it now. So like. I actually recommended our buddy, uh, old Dan Moran, and making stuff look good to a coworker mm-hmm. just like literally two days ago because he was asking about. I want to make something, you know, look like it's in the past. You know, it, basically the uh, Dishonored Two Mirror uh, episode Dishonored he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just right. like right there is like. You know, I knew some stuff. I told him, "Hey, check out this guy's YouTube. Go look at it." And he's like, "Oh yeah, great." And he's like, "I didn't understand all of it, but that got me on a path. So it's <laughs> you know, it's much faster to get there. But you know, it's and he, like he said, it's still difficult for him. It's still a challenge. But the nice right. thing is now you, you've got so many more resources where you can be like, "Hey, it's gonna it's gonna be a tough road, but at least there's some right. Like there's some people have left signposts now, so it's a little easier."
0: Right. That's another good question, another good topic, uh, which I feel like I always ask this, even when we talk to as a full group about um, the advantage slash disadvantage slash worth of going to school for game development, or going to school for engineering or I don't know, whatever, fill in the blank, um, especially, you know, basing it off of, you know, your experience with school, your experience with going through higher education via that program that uh, was a visual Visual game design. Uh, well, uh, yeah, artists who had uh, game design and visual game programming. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so like going through that, as well as, you know, your whole spiel that you just did about resources being so much more accessible. Do you feel, just just a personal personal opinion, that there is still, I guess, worth to, you know, folks really seeking out a higher education, especially for getting into game development, even as, a, you know, doing the computer science or engineering route versus you know, an art route or some other level design, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that, that's, it's definitely personal opinion. I'm just going to go with, it worked
0: for me. Um,
1: it's a, especially from an engineering perspective. Um, I would definitely recommend engineers who want to be in the game industry, go get a computer science degree from somewhere. Um, you know, if you can, that, that would be optimal. I think, um, you can refine it from there, but th- those are at least, you Know that that is the fundamental aspects you're dealing with in engineering and computer science or any software development. So, even if, say, God forbid, your game aspirations don't work out, you still have a, a substantial foundation to fall back on. But, um, yeah, I, I think it definitely has a worth. Now, you need to analyze that for yourself in your own situation. You know, you, you know, maybe you know it's you know maybe you go to some place like art institute or georgia tech or a community college or you know you know a, like a nice ivy league school you know whatever you you can do and can afford and whatever you think you know gets you there i i definitely recommend it but at the same time i also understand that's that's not for everyone and you should really analyze your situation to see if you know that's kind of how you want or can get there so um, but I, I would definitely recommend it for the fundamentals and, um, you know, I don't know about the other disciplines. A lot of the, you know, a lot of artists I've met that, you know, I've seen like guys who, you know, ah, I really didn't go to school, but I kind of picked it up on my own and did it. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and other people who went through school, same thing. So, I, I don't know. It's tough to gotcha. hell nowadays. You know what I mean? It's like...
0: It, it it's, really is, honestly. That's, I think that's why I constantly ask it because it, it's I think it's so debatable uh, as far as what the right answer, quote unquote, right answer is, uh, if there is one. So, anyway, that's why I just like posing that question yeah. all the time, every opportunity. Anyway, uh, moving right along. Uh, so... I'll just be honest, every time I look at your resume or your LinkedIn, I get a little bit annoyed slash jealous, because everything I see is like, uh, you know, the names are very recognizable. They're like, if I said it to my dad or said it to someone, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I know Cartoon Network. Oh, sorry, I probably shouldn't be naming all your companies, but, you know, they- they nah, it's They, it's they very can go re- on my
1: LinkedIn and see it, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, So so it's very recognizable, and I I guess this whole section that I'm kind of hovering around is basically how you kind of charted your- your course for, you know, being in triple A development and how that worked out and how it was able to work out so well for you. Um, I was wondering if you could give, I guess our listeners slash me, you know, some tips and tricks to how you got into this steady flow of, you know, really targeting triple A game studios. Uh, like, I mean, like how long did you stay at companies? Like what was your mind frame when you were, you know, moving up in your career?
1: Well, I would see, let me, let me about that for a second i would i would definitely say like at least for my career you know always sort of be cognizant of hmm you're well, okay i'll start with this be cognizant of your surroundings like if, if you're at a place right now and this is just about maybe jobs in general moving on and you're not satisfied or you've been there for you know five years and you just don't see product movement or anything like that actually I cut that back to maybe even two years you know it's right. You should probably start thinking about like, hey, am I happy here? Do I really think this has legs? Where are we going to go now? Maybe I sort of cut into that into the middle, but um, you know, as far as you know, charting a path, it's um, you know, I am trying to actually repeat the question one more time. I'm sorry, I got <laughs> lost in the last thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I think I rambled on my questions. I usually do too. But anyway, my question was yeah, like, it's all your fault. Um, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> oh, shut up. No, uh, it's... Anyway, the question is like, um, do you or, or just giving us like tips and tricks, like our listeners, general tips and tricks, like how you approach c- your career, essentially, just how you mm. are able because like a lot of even like when I look at engineers that I'm that I know now, like a lot of their resumes don't look as nice as yours as for don't have as many triple a studios or you know you know or they were like you said they maybe were at a particular small shop for 10 you know 10 11 years printing stamps or, or doing parking yeah yeah okay like, okay
1: <laughs> yeah no i i totally get you now yeah um right. I, yeah the, the aspects of that i mean first of all you know i i probably don't have to tell many listeners this at all but you know be passionate just be dedicated to what you want to do and you know and seek out what you want to do. And I was kind of, I guess, with my initial statement saying, you know, if you're at a place for like uh, two years, five years, whatever, you know, you, you don't owe these companies anything to be honest and it's kind of funny i strive for triple a but then at the same time say well i'll cut their throats and leave what well, you know it's <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's 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 nothing like well quite that violent but it, i mean it's one of these things too though you've you've got to think about yourself and what makes you happy because you know i've like every job i've worked i've been dedicated to it and you know tr- try to get it done but you know if you see that not going work, get out but i mean maintain and that's where that passion comes in is like keep that stoked up because you know my first job um wasn't triple a but you know with a you know independent company here in town like after you know three years of building these virtual worlds and just seeing it go nowhere just seeing decisions made that just kind of hampered uh progress it's like it it started to suffocate my passion because i felt like you know everything i do and everything i got excited about just kind of fell flat don't don't never never let yourself get in that rut because it sucks and it's like you forget why you started why you got into it. Go go find something. You find a new avenue and, you know, chase the next thing. You know, it's like say, okay, you know, I'm going to maybe go. Find, and it's, it's not always like, you know, one of these things where it's got to be the depressing scenario of, like, oh, it sucks to work here anymore. But if you just find yourself sort of like waning, then, you know, go find something new. And also just go challenge yourself too. It's like, you know, hey, I've, I've been doing this for so long. Maybe it's time to seek out something new. Um, right. And so, keep that cool. passion and trying to track that stuff down, and always keep networking and talking to people because that's the way you'll figure out what's out there I mean actually, one of my earlier jumps to like you mentioned Cartoon Network was just saying going to meetups and talking to people and like finding out, oh hey, they're going to be here talking about this and seeing what they're up to, engaging them you know it's and it can be tough i mean I'm not the biggest extrovert all the time, and so you you go to these things and it's a little bit daunting to talk to people but um yeah definitely keep networking keep tracking down what you want to do so
0: nice nice good good advice yeah uh so almost wrapping up got a couple more questions uh for cool. you uh first is uh just like uh, of course you've been in AAA, yada 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 but can you <laughs> can you speak and you also said you were in this uh you know smaller more smaller shop uh, company in uh, in Georgia. But can you speak to some of the major advantages I guess you've seen from working in a AAA studio like, um, you know, the, the perks slash, you know, knowledge share environment and just other advantages, like you said, like I said, but while working at a AAA company uh, and, and as opposed to working for a smaller shop? Uh, yeah, well,
1: definitely. I think one of the biggest perks is, um, you know, with some of these AAA places, you've already got some IPs you can, I mean,. It- you can sort of leverage which is a huge benefit it's like things that maybe you know a television show or previous game that they've already worked on so you've already kind of got a like a shoe in for your next game right there that i mean that is a huge advantage is you know oh like you pitch a game reel and they see oh there's that character i really love them and they're going to be in this new game you know that is such a leg up to where like if you're in the indie field and you create this you know new Cool character, but nobody's ever heard of it. You know, they've kind of got to get to know him. It's like a new friend, you know, they've kind of got to meet him and settle in with him versus like, oh, yeah, there's that guy I saw on TV. I like him. Let's go do that. Right. Um, <laughs> that's definitely one huge advantage. um Another one is just, um you know, a lot of time could be resources too. um it, You know, some of the places I've worked, you, you know, we worked, you you know, you can just kind of get the tools you need, you know, you know, buy solutions a lot of the times, to be honest. It's like, you know, oh God, you know, we could write this system or we could pull it off the asset store for X amount, you know, or, you know, we could, we could host the service ourselves or we could just go buy a bunch of Amazon S3 instances. And there we go. You know, it's like, that's kind of like the really nice bit right there is like, hey, we've got the resources to accomplish the tasks. And, you know, whether that be nicer laptops or, you know, paying for services or, you know, third-party software packages like Wise or something like that. It's like, yeah, you can kind of spend the money to make the money, I guess, is kind of one of the bigger benefits of AAA um, on top of, like I said before, sort of the intellectual property. And, I mean, there's the free snacks, too. I mean, free snacks are always great, right? <laughs> always a so, free snacks. Yeah, like... I mean, I I'd say free food, but it's like when you're working till like, you know, 10 to midnight or something like that. It's like, yeah, I got free food, but it also came at me working
0: a 16-hour day. So <laughs> Gotcha. Cool uh that was good that was good that was good uh i guess my last question really and uh, this of course you know the beginning or the past present and future uh so the future part is essentially where do you see yourself uh you know in the future as far as a game developer or as not a game developer do you see yourself still being in AAA, still doing uh you know what you're doing now or you know leaving game development
1: well I mean right now i've I'm on the edge of game development, I'd say, so i'm I'm not out, but I'm certainly not in as far as new development is concerned um
0: and so wait, when you said uh, when you say you're on the edge, can you go back go into that? what are you doing now that you're saying on your, you're on the oh, edge oh okay so uh, some of the stuff we were
1: just discussing earlier where you know i I'm at my current job more working with uh, helping out uh at widget's the producers work with third-party game developers. So we're not doing game development in-house, but I'm sort of a liaison for mobile development there where, you know, say they need to... You know, it's more utility type of stuff where they need to upgrade the old games to 64-bit to make sure they don't get dropped off of Apple's list. Or, you know, maybe somebody, like, calls them and say, hey, you know, we're having a crash or an issue with this game. Could you look into it? Or we may need a solution for this or that. And, like, the guys in-house are kind of stumped. So it's kind of just, like, a knowledge base sort of touchstone type of job. You know, I'm not actually writing any new stuff, but I'm kind of, like, using my experience to help sort of grease the wheels at this job, uh, you know, and some of that is also like development of SDKs for our third-party developers to use. So (coughs) say it's like, (laughs) for some reason they need like a specialized pathfinding thing. This may not be the best example but it's like oh we need to write that for them and then like maybe ship that out to them actually a better example is like you know helping them integrate things like analytics third-party analytics software into the games that we use and make sure that's as easy as possible so again it's
0: like just less feature work in right right yeah
1: so it's more logistics and sort of um i guess uh yeah just helping maintain uh, software packages for third-party developers, you know, it's not as gotcha. exciting, so, to be honest.
0: <laughs> interesting. So, that actually, another question, um, which is still, uh, far as future, I guess, question goes, but... Essentially, your your career progress, and I guess you're towards. <laughs> I wouldn't say. Wait, the, what are you about to say? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't you, say towards the, the end. Of your I will life. fly back to California and kick you in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But, I mean, yeah. you're at the basically the end of your old. But anyway, oh, uh, as God far as career progress it. goes, it seems like um you've kind of reached n- not kind of reached, but like you're at like sort of the higher echelon of, you know, software engineering or game developer, you know, game engineer, uh, I guess title. Um, and I know you, when you moved back to, to widgets or to Georgia for widgets, it was more, it was like you said, you were getting more of a managed managerial role or more of a management position. Uh, is that the direction that you wanted to go? Is that like, is like, where do you, where do you see yourself going in game development do you want to be more of that management type role or you want to continue like being like the individual contributor and and just writing more feature work as opposed to you know managing logistics and managing people and where do you think Um, there's advantages or disadvantages for those roles for you at least
1: okay so yeah at least for the widgets role in particular um as far as the management aspect of that's concerned that's um, uh, I'm going to be honest, say that's, uh, that's not going anywhere. Like I thought it would. So like that, I'm just like, all right, <laughs> you know, well, not to get into it all, but it was like, sort of like, Oh, you're going to be sort of more of a lead. And yeah, there's like one guy working with me and who's more junior and I help him out and we kind of coordinate for things and try to actually act as project manager for some people. But, um, anyway, all that aside, you know, honestly, you know, it's making me like, realize, you know, I, still liked being the individual contributor as well as you know i i, I want to work on some of my own stuff too like i'm I'm kind of hoping this job maybe is going to give me the opportunity to have some breathing room as far as like you know the hours are not nearly as hectic as what we experienced before at sprockets right. sometimes um so i'm hoping to maybe like get an idea and sort of do my own thing and just be the like absolute individual contributor and like just see where that goes try to maybe put something out in the app store like a simple thing just to kind of get my feet wet and you know then maybe expand on that i don't know um but yeah honestly i think i need to be in the guts of stuff like i'm i'm already like you know that's that's where i i think i'm at home is like actually getting into the systems building the systems um it's funny um actually one of the games you know i was talking about being a code archaeologist earlier is like i pulled down like old source code from when i originally worked at Widgets previously and on a game called Adventure Time Battle Party. And um that was so much fun to work on. I started looking at that code base and how much shit we got done and how much fun I had doing that. It kinda sparked something in my head, like, no, this this is when I was happy. This is mm. when I was there it was like, you know, four engineers and we were just cranking out of like essentially an adventure time MOBA. Right. If nobody's played it. And that I was very proud of and very happy working on, because in the end, we got it out the door like a little over a year, and you know you, you could play it at one point on Cartoon Network's website, and we had a whole uh, other version of it planned, and I don't actually I don't think I can talk about that, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind, they erased um, that part <laughs> yeah uh but yeah, no, i it, as far as that goes, like the management thing, I don't know, man it i. I don't think so like I I like helping people out but that sort of official aspect of being in meetings and corralling people I just don't like it <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean That's so. cool yeah,
0: and some engineers are like that which is interesting yeah. Uh so okay actually th- I asked this question and okay and this is literally my final well Two more questions. <laughs> Whatever, Final man. questions. I got all that. Uh, Let's do this. <laughs> one of them is, uh, and I asked, like I said, I asked this on uh, on Zach's interview as well. But what is like what aspect of engineering or software development or game development do you feel like you've made the biggest improvement on over the years since, what, was it 80, uh, 45 years that you've been in game development? <laughs> but uh, over the years, what do you think you would say has been your biggest improvement as a game slash software developer? Um, you know, it's funny, it's, it's none of the technical stuff. It's more, you know, being able to, you know, take
1: a step back and, you know, looking at the bigger picture and like, you know, thinking more about why instead of like, how, you know, or, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, not sitting down and just running like, oh, I'll code this thing up real fast, which, you know, sometimes I do that. But, you know, there's also now getting to the point where it's like, you know, hey, let's think of the bigger picture, you know, how does this affect the scheduling of something, you know, you know, who, who's going to do this? Uh, you know, what all does it entail? We need to like temper expectations for this. You don't want to report like, Oh, I'll have it done in three days. And it takes you two weeks, you right. know, you know, it's, <clears throat> I guess some of the bigger improvements I've made is sort of like know thyself, or at least after doing it a few, like hundred times, like figuring out, okay, this is how this actually goes and not getting caught up on the little, like the small hiccups or problems. It's, you know, I guess there's a maturity that comes along with it, and it's not right. just from age. It's just, you know, you you do it <laughs> so long, and, you know, you you, you just kind of start to learn what to stress and not to stress about, and I think that, right. you know, maybe that stress management's another thing I've learned in trying to, like, be like, all right, chill out. This isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, I've worked with people that are like, oh, God, this one thing doesn't work. What in the he- ever hell will we do? And it's like, well, we'll either fix it or we won't. I mean, we'll try right. our damnedest to fix it, but, you know, there's no point in losing sleep. So. Right.
0: Cool. Very good. Yeah. Very good answer. Uh, and similarly, what what do you think uh, is something that you would probably need to improve upon, or that's most essential for you to improve up upon to continue your growth as a developer? Oh, most essential to improve upon. Um, He's like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm great
1: the way I am. No. Um, it, it's definitely I I need to keep up to date a little better. You know, I'm I'm not horrible at it, but I, I do see you know other technologies and things coming out and i just need to make sure that i'm on top of it because i mean you know when you first start out you like kind of ingest everything as much as you can and you're like i got you know you got that fire in your belly and you're like okay i'm gonna you know you know i definitely gotta learn this and this and this and this and you know one thing about becoming a little more mature and or getting longer in the tooth in your career is like you know you start just kind of like falling back on the old ways of doing things so making sure to keep fresh and like open mind to new solutions out Mm -hmm. there is you know definitely something i want to try to keep up and keep working on because sometimes i'm like ah that's silly and then you start getting into it and it's like oh well
0: it wasn't quite
1: that silly maybe maybe this this has maybe this has some merit you know maybe that's why a lot of people are doing
0: it so yeah i don't know very cool yeah excellent excellent so last (laughs) last last question now officially uh, and this is basically just open opening the, uh, I guess, proverbial floor, I guess, the mic, uh, mm-hmm. to any, like, if you have a story, a cool, interesting story that, about your past or while you're in games that you would like to tell, or if you just have some parting advice to leave our listeners that you would, you think would help them, you know, get into that AAA field, you know, following your, your glorious footsteps. <laughs> um, so anything that you would have to, you would like to offer, this is like the time to do it.
1: Yeah. I would, um, yeah, not necessarily interesting anecdote or anything, but definitely advice. Just, I mean, keep doing what you love to do. And, you know, that in and of itself usually will propel you. I mean, you know, exceptions to it and everything, but, you know, just, you know, whatever interests you, if it's like, you know, graphics or art or whatever, just, just keep doing it, you know, keep tracking down that passion and, you know, keep talking about it and communicating with it to other people. You know, it's, it's something that can, you know, it, I, I feel if you keep at it hard enough, you know, you will definitely reach your goal I'm um, goals at some point or, or in some fashion, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to act like everything's sunshine. You'll always get everything you want. That's not true. And whoever sells you that, you know, or whoever tells you that is selling something. But, um, right. but in the end, yeah, just, I mean, keep at it. You're going to hit some spots where it's going to seem like, man, this shit isn't working, but just, if you really want to do it stick with it and just give it a chance you know maybe it doesn't but more than likely if you really want it to happen you know you're going to put the effort in and it's going to happen in some form of fashion it may not always and again like for me it may not always be the route you planned on if you got this strict sort of i go here and then i go to this school and then i do this thing and i apply here in happiness you know it's like yeah that that may be the the broad strokes but right. you know and there may be some shit in between there where it's like oh but there's this part where you live at home with your parents and then you've got to work temp jobs and you got to right. find your own like route again so um just don't let it get to you stick with it if you want to do it you know try to do it you know don't don't tap out just keep trying it, so <sighs>
0: What a lot of way to end the episode that yeah. was great i would slow clap but then that's just awkward <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks ryan for joining Thank us you, on this show yet again even though you're a co-host but joining us as interviewee yes uh and you know lending us some of your experience as a triple a game developer and you know how you got there and how you planned for your future which was really interesting and inspiring to hear as well so thanks for being us being on the show not being thanks
1: us. for man thanks for taking time set it up and you know thinking about those questions those were great man
0: oh, boys night
1: sorry yay <laughs> oh we man
0: our date nights are so date far night. away <laughs> <laughs> anyway thanks ryan i'll talk to you later. all right man take it easy And that, Ryan, was a really good interview. I enjoyed it. Thanks for, again, for being on that one. Absolutely, man. No problem. Ah, uh, man. I'm pretty sure, like, all the listeners are going to enjoy this. I feel like, again, it's been forever since we've been on a, <laughs> we've been on a podcast. I know everyone listening is like, oh, I thought this was a weekly podcast. And we're like, uh oh, fuck you. Man. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, very sorry about that. We've we've had a
1: lot going on recently with moves and job switches and so. We apologize. Yes, and yes. we're lazy, so.
0: And we're lazy. Yes, there's a lot yeah. going on. But anyway, we're still very active in our Facebook group which is called the Debug Lounge. So if you want to get a little bit of us every single day, uh you could always head over to Facebook and search for the Debug Lounge um and request an invite and we'll send you uh or you send us an invite and we will accept you with not too much uh <laughs> Not too much, I guess, screening process. Uh, Someone joined the other day and was like, I'm so glad that you invited or you accepted my invitation. And I was like, "Eh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't big. No big deal. I just said accept. Don't burst this bubble. (laughs) You're welcome, sir. You're welcome. Thank me for it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) No, you'd be nice. Anyway, so yeah, please, please, please join our Facebook group. It's a really good community. People are talking about what they're working on, what they're doing, uh, you know, sharing their screenshots, you know asking questions. So it's really good, positive community that you should definitely be a part of. So if you are not a part of it, please join it. I feel like you will not regret it. So anyway, you want to talk about the old Patreon, Ryan? Yes,
1: but for, first I'd like to say, if you are on the Debug Lounge, you will learn about the proper uh, wine and Doritos pairings, so oh, yeah. we,
0: we will culture you some, too. It won't just that be about game funny. development. So. Yes, um, that's a good post, so if you when you, when you join yes. the Facebook group, make sure you go look for that wine and Dorito post. Yes, that's Ma-
1: many, many, many perks to communicating with us, and uh, yet another one is... Uh, With Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash the debug log, we have uh, various uh, packages or um, levels of donorship. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly what they call them, but um, we very much appreciate it. You know, some of them are like you know get to hearing episodes a little earlier than most people, but um, you know that helps give us a few bucks to keep the lights on and you know maybe purchase some like some things like our cool audio track on the lead in So um, and we we appreciate any you know donations and involvement you can give us. So thank you.
0: A so, anyway, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Obeans, or if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Obeans as well. So, do that. And if you'd like to chat with me on the Twitters, I'm at R E
1: Kilvor, R E K I L L G O R E. So, talk to me.
0: so <laughs> <Sweet>. All right. <laughs> Have a good one.
1: All right, Take it easy. What? No. no, no. Okay, (laughs)
0: fine.